Somebody had given them to my wife, like in a whole big thing of old candy. So I had like slow pokes and you know, like oxtails and shit. And I'm like, I have not cool. the coolest candy. So I was like, I have some O Henry's and bit O honeys. Yes, those weird Mary ha- Janes. Yeah, those weird Halloween candies that just come in the nondescript orange and blackjacks. Black. Oh god, Mm-mm-mm. tastes like peanut butter that somebody globbed into like. Ooh. Put into like Play-Doh shapes, mm-hmm. or the worst, those the oxtails with the with the like the powdered sugar grease inside. What? <laughs> I don't know any. Ooh, <clears throat> it's oh like, no! It's like soft caramel, and inside is like it's supposed to be like marshmallow, but it's not. It's like granular sugar with grease. It's horrific. Ugh! <laughs> like the middle of a Cadbury cream egg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's oh, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> The graininess what? is horrible. Yeah, why is it sort of wet but also pasty? <laughs> I don't... Mm. <coughs> yeah. Did you ever have uh, Alexander the Grape? Yes! Man, me and Erica walked to the store before recording one day, and I went and got a fucking box of those, and oh, got Jesus. them home, and like, we opened them up, and I was like, why are these brown? Like, why is this grape candy literally brown like chocolate? Mm. And I ate one, and Im- the immediate impression is just the... That's not bad. That's kind of... Oh, God. What the fuck is that? <laughs> As it just turns to literal poop in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, I had the same thing happen. I, I like the tamarind candies. Those little things come in the little plastic. They look like bottles. Yeah. And they're peppery and sugar. Yeah. I love them. Uh, those ones with, like, the little gumballs in the bottom? Yeah, you pull it out and all the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Oh. But I was eating the hell out of them. It must be seven or eight. My buddy was like, oh, can I have one? I'm like, sure, have a couple. I'm chowing him down because my aunt just gave me a whole bag full. One bite, he threw up for like two hours. He could not handle it, not oh, even in the sleep. Yeah, because they're gross, dude. They're amazing. They're, oh, man. I disagree hard. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, best candy. That's a real toss-up. Ooh, best it depend- candy. It depends on the day, to be perfectly mm. honest. But a uh, little tip for anyone out there. I'm sure I've told you about it. You ever microwave Skittles? Oh, yeah. Yeah, give them like 20 seconds. They get all soft and gooey. Yeah. Oh, man. It's the best. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I could be wrong. See, my, my like, all-time go-to favorite, if I absolutely got to have candy or sugar, it's always Twizzlers. Mm, that's a strong choice. Because it's got the starch. It's mm. got the sugar. And that's all I need. Regular or uh, peel and peel? Oh, I don't like the peels. It's got to be the OG or the Twizzler Bites. Mm. I do like biting the ends off of Twizzlers and using them for straws. Oh, yes. It's it's one of the only times that I enjoy drinking Sprite. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise, uh, Sprite's just fucking boring. Yeah. But Anyway, back to the Pop Rocks. I'd forgotten how... (laughs) I'd forgotten how... Um, forceful they are. I thought they would just be a little... No. Oh, no, they're a real motherfucker. Yeah, so I, I, I put half the bag in my mouth going, okay, this could be... Wah! Yeah, and uh, all of a sudden it turns from something that you thought would be fun to, like, very concerning momentarily. Yes. It was terrifying for, for a small moment there. Yeah, I, I bought some for uh, my oldest son a couple Halloweens ago. Like, we found some at the Halloween store. It was like, uh, hell yeah, we're getting these. Mm-hmm. They're like, still only like 35 cents a pack. Fuck yeah. Nice. But, uh, yeah, he got some in his mouth. And he's like, Dad, what's happening? <laughs> like, oh, it's just Pop Rocks, buddy. Here, give me a couple of those. And then, you know, obviously I had a little bit of sweat in my hand or something. And they started sizzling in my hands. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to put this in my body. And, yeah. <laughs> I had the same reaction, just, oh, shit, shit, shit. I, I know it's fine in the back of my mind. It's like going over the hill on, on a roller coaster. You know you're fine, but it's still mildly terrifying. Mm-hmm. Should put a whole bunch of them in the cat box. <laughs> yeah. Just terrify the shit out of you. Fuck, what did we decide that your cat's name was? Chuck Norris or something? <laughs> Ivan Drago? Forgot. That was some stupid 80s name. Yes, but he is a chunk of fur man there is nothing i want to do more in my life than just spend a good day just chasing that fat fuck around <laughs> until he keels over from a heart attack man that, he's, he's got a stroke there's there's something about just a really fat cat that gets me right in the jowls and what kills me is i don't feed that cat any more than i feed any other cat i've ever owned he's just a big fat ass cat 
<laughs> it's incredible. It's a cinder block with legs. <laughs> no, because a cinder block would assume that he's like hard and muscular. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> he's just a big furry fat ass, and it's great. It's like a big old stuffed sausage. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> we'll, right. we'll post pictures. Yeah. Should oh, my we, cat. Uh, should we get to the task at hand? We've wasted some time. <coughs> well, we got to fill a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Faff, and I am one of your hosts. I am James Marino, and I'm the other one of your hosts. And this week... We should <laughs> really fucking stop. Yeah, that's enough of that. Yep, that's plenty. Just uh, no. And this week, we are talking about the 1990 film... Darkman. Darkman. <laughs> Hello, my name is Irving. Irving Darkman. <laughs> Jesus. What? Irving Darkman? Yeah. Is he an accountant? Indeed he is. A mummy accountant. <laughs> the, mo- the most boring of the mummy movies. <laughs> because they treat him no differently. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> grunting, He's handing him papers and shit. Constantly in HR meetings because he attempted to curse co-workers. <laughs> we're getting off on a real thing again. All right. Um, uh, we're just going to say written and directed by Sam Raimi. There's about five different credited writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a story by Sam Raimi, and then people helped fill it out, I assume. Yeah. Uh, starring Liam Neeson as Peyton Westlake or Darkman. Francis McDormand as Julie, Colin Friels as Louis Stark Jr., and Larry Drake as Robert G. Durant. Oh, yeah, Robert G. Durant. Uh, where do you want to start? James, how did you like Darkman? I remember liking it a lot more in my head. Mm-hmm. And I watched it, and it was just kind of there. It, it, I mean, there was cool things to look at, but for some reason it didn't hold my interest like I thought it would. No, like, uh, we talked briefly before this, and I think I told you, like, I I respect it more than I actually like it. Like, it's one of those things, like, kind of like, like the white stripes, where I I think I'm wrong for not liking it, but I just don't like it. Like, I recognize why it's probably good, Mm -hmm. but I I find this movie incredibly boring, (laughs) if I'm being honest. Well, with the white stripes, it took me 30 songs to find two I liked. Yeah. And I can, I, I know what you're saying. Like, I, I can get why other people like it. It just does not hit me in the slightest. Yeah, or like dipping dots. And people are like, oh, they're amazing. Like, eh, they're fine. Yeah, it's they're all right. Cold, I guess. But, like, I don't know, man. It's dark, man. Yeah. Um, Sam Raimi, though. Yeah. I, I, it's, you can this see almost it. feels like a practice. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you can see him sharpening up. He, he's just kind of honing his skills. He's like, okay, well, the hero's got to kind of be like this. And, you know, okay, I can make this shot and we can make this shot. And you can see all of that in the movie. Like, yeah, the the only interesting thing to me is the way that this is shot. And I, I guess some of the costuming and the effects work is fucking great. And, and that's Durant. All, yes, that's all indicative of like... Uh, I guess Sam Raimi's style Mm -hmm. is it all feels very, uh, I don't want to say the same as the evil dead previous to this, but it has the, the the feel, the vibe of everything, but placed into a modern city. But it doesn't seem to have the dread because even though the evil dead was a comedy horror, yes, it kept you on the edge. It kept you like, Oh, you know, you were, you were invested. And that's kind of where I was going is that I feel like the setting for this movie was almost wrong. Mm -hmm. Like the tone for the setting, because if this hadn't have been a Sam Raimi film, it would have probably just been garbage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sam Raimi and his, I guess, you know, writing and like we talked about last week. Yeah, it's a whole crew, but we're just going to say Sam Raimi, his direction style, you know, cinematography, how he captures things. Makes it interesting, but this is just kind of a boring story. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, even with uh, Francis McDormand and Liam Neeson acting their asses off, trying to breathe some life into these characters. Kind of. They were, I felt like they were trying. I Yes. Because they're not Liam Neeson that we know now. No. And this is not the Francis McDormand we know now, but I could see it. I could see where I could see it in both of them in this movie. They were really putting something into it. It just wasn't a whole lot there. 
Right, and that's what I kind of wanted to get into as well, but if that's the way that the conversation has turned, absolutely, let's go for it. The acting in this film, I do think, is absolutely spot on for the tone of the film, Mm -hmm. because it's good enough in places, bad and and intentionally bad enough in places, and Mm -hmm. cartoonish, and the performances are great, and again, it's so engaging visually, Mm -hmm. but when I... And watching it in the parts that aren't just going absolutely bug fuck nuts. Yeah. I kind of don't care. Absolutely. Because you want to feel some pathos. Okay, yes. Look at all the loss that he's had. Look at all these things. But I still like, dude, okay, you got a chance to go back. Knock it off. Figure it out. Go back. Yeah. And get some therapy. Maybe get your, you know, feel the burn for a minute. Do what you got to do. But come on. Yeah. And that's why, like, again, the Evil Dead, not that this isn't uh, fantastical in any way, but the Evil Dead, just the entire trilogy, is so over the top <laughs> fantastical mm-hmm. that that visual style really connects. Yes. To that, the tone of those films. Mm-hmm. And here, I think it's kind of discombobulated. Well, you're willing to give it a pass in the Evil Dead. You're exactly because it fits in the tone. Yeah, it's it's bug fuck nuts because it's the dead rising up, and then uh, when you get into like Evil Dead Two, and even more so a few years after Dark Man, Army of Darkness, mm-hmm. like it just goes off the goddamn rails. And I think the key to those is definitely Bruce Campbell. Oh, absolutely. Liam Neeson is he does good in this movie, but I don't think he is the right actor for a Sam Raimi type. Okay, watch this. Film. This same movie. Bruce Campbell's the lead. Would it be better? Um, would it fit more in a Sam Raimi? Like, it would maybe make that style pull I, in that little edge? I've been going back and forth on that in my mind because I want to say yes, but that doesn't change the story. Right. That doesn't change the, you know, the times where he meets her at the cemetery, say. Yeah. And it's kind of the, you know, I'm back, something awful happened, and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Well, that, that did leave a bad actor taste in my mouth there. In a, in a lot of the time, he's in bandages. Mm-hmm. So you don't get that really good Bruce Campbell face. Gotcha. So that's why I don't think that it really would have mattered. Mm. But you, we do get Liam Neeson's piercing blue eyes. Indeed we do. But uh, should we get into what this story is? Well, we can talk about what there is of it. Yeah. Um, it's essentially like a revenge tale. Yeah, big old revenge tale. Uh, Francis McDormand and Liam Neeson are in some sort of relationship. Ish. Kinda. Yeah. And, uh, she's an attorney. She finds out something about this development deal. Mm-hmm. And somehow Liam Neeson gets a hold of this memorandum. And Robert G. Durant, the big gangster. Oh, who, yeah. All right. His face bothers me. Mm-hmm. Because... He looks like he should be speaking with an Eastern European accent, and he's mm-hmm. not, and it really bothers me. I know, but I also like it because it's disconcerting. Everything about what he does is, it's like, yes, he's a gangster, and he's vicious, and he's probably the most feared man in town. But when he talks to you, it's a very proper, mm-hmm. with very large words and very carefully enunciation. And I'm like, ah, because my brain is just doing pinwheels trying to connect the dots because in my head I want a gangster to sound like this. I know. It, it's just his face to me looks yes. like he should have some sort of Slavic. Uh, 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 yeah. Y- you know what? I, God damn it. I'm, <laughs> this is going to be a real baddie episode. God well, damn it. The, the other thing is. Um, Inflection. Yes. I don't think that's the right word, but I'm. I'm going to run with go. it. Let's go. But yeah, totally. But what I liked about his characterization is I don't know if this came first or the last Boy Scout came first. The movie, this, okay, because very you're okay. You know the the bad guy Taylor Negron in in the Last Boy Scout. And I'm not talking just some of the way he uses it, the way he spoke and the way he moved. Very careful, very studied, and it, it was very similar. And it was it was really cool. It was it was some neat choices with that because it was arresting every time the rant was on there. I loathed the character. I and again, like you said, his face. And the voice didn't match and everything else. They match. That's uh, that's what his face and voice sound right, like. Right, but, but. but in your in your preconceived, it should sound like... 
Yeah, it, it's just his Leave facial. Me alone. Yeah, his facial structure looks like it should be uh, Eastern European. Yep. <laughs> but he sounds out of California from a weird valley someplace. So he and his posse. Uh, oh, we we did forget to mention one big thing. Go ahead. The very beginning of the movie, Liam Neeson develops a a synthetic skin or a, a skin that only lasts ninety nine minutes. Yes, it's important. Yes, it is. So. Uh, Durant and his uh, posse break in. They <coughs> think that they've killed Liam Neeson and his lab assistant. Right. Turns out Liam Neeson was rescued and sent to a hospital where they gave him some weird uh, treatment. Yeah. yeah, they cut his nerves so he wouldn't feel, but he couldn't feel anything. So it's probably going to make him psychotic, but he won't feel the burn. Yes. So he escapes from this hospital and becomes... Mm. Essentially, the superhero Darkman and avenges uh, his, his past wrongs. Dun, dun, dun. But, you know, at, when we were watching that, that was the first batshit scene, though. When they broke into his office, it was like Frankenstein. It was like a big old spark factory with like big old Frankenstein shit going on. Yeah, and that's why I said, like, the uh, if it wasn't for the Sam Raimi aesthetic of this film, mm-hmm. it would have been just a super boring piece of shit. Right. But the way that he shoots things makes everything so visually arresting. And one thing that I noticed that I really, really like, and I don't know if this was so much a choice or just happenstance of the era, but, I mean, even by 1990, I think they could do it better. I loved all the really bad green screening. Yes. It, that kind of shit is like catnip to me. Mm-hmm. It's the same. Do you remember at the uh, <coughs> finale of uh, the Day of the Beast? Yes. When they had the purple sky with the fire in the background and it was just a very clear, shoddily done green screen. Yes. Man, if you got the balls to throw that in your fucking movie, you got me. Mm-hmm. You, you got me hook, line, and sinker. And he probably didn't even have to do that, but Raimi loves to keep him on a budget. Yes. He could probably gotten the extra two grand to do it, right? Or like uh, visually, like we were talking about, when uh, he's at the carnival mm-hmm. and the guy won't give him the pink elephant oh. and we see the background behind him shatter, yes. turn into flames, it sucks in close to his face, pulls back out and everything goes back into place. <coughs> and cheesy even for the time. Yes, and it, 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 it's so Awkward, but fucking awesome. But it, I wonder if it was like an homage or a nod to Grindhouse where he came from. It was like a nod to what he was into coming up, that he did it on purpose. Like, I could, I, he could have had the money for it, but he decided to put that effect up there. I wonder yeah. if it was a choice going, hey, this is this is what it's about. This is where I'm from, and this is what I do. Yeah, well, I mean, the Evil Deads have a lot of that too, which mm-hmm. is just that campy feel. And again, with the weird dark tone that this movie is trying to have mm-hmm. that campy feel almost feels out of place yeah i was yeah you're right though because i was thinking thinking while i was watching this movie this movie needs to decide what it wants to do are we going to be goofy or are we going to be gritty and they never found a proper balance for it really and here's one thing i know i i actually thought of you when i was thinking about this because you've brought this up on a few other films I feel like it needed another element. Mm-hmm. I I got the feeling that this would have been a lot better in my eyes if like he needed blood to sustain himself, Ooh. or if he had to like eat rats or something. Because right. just the uh, fake skin ticking clock right. didn't do it for me. And the other thing too is because it, oh, it's yeah. mainly right. because there was never really much conflict as far as that ticking clock right he escaped the situation pretty easily most of the time Mm -hmm. until like obviously the finale right but it always just seemed like it was a waste of time because it was very predictable he was never it seems like in danger well he would forget and he'd wait to the last possible second so there were many close calls and i'm like well this all could have been avoided if he would have got at the air they had the casio stopwatches and as soon as the alarm went off, it's time to go home. Right. And I, I don't mean to keep drawing comparisons to Evil Dead or the trilogy. But you're going to do it anyway. But yeah, but I'm going to do it anyway because, I mean, in those movies, we know that Ash, Bruce Campbell, we know he's not in danger. Mm-hmm. We know he's the main character, but he gets fucked up along the way. Oh, my great oogly movie. Which adds the feeling, uh, how do I want to say it? That something could happen. Mm-hmm. But when we know that Dark Man can't feel pain and that 
oh, well, all he has to do is get out of here before this weird skin dissolves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, it didn't do it for me. There weren't enough stakes. You're right. There had to be, yeah, the, it had to be more of a ticking clock. I'm, I'm sorry to use that analogy because it was literally a ticking clock. But yes. There had to be, you're right. There had to be something else to to push us along to follow the story. You're right. There absolutely wasn't. Because we never saw any part of like how dark man was living. Mm-hmm. We could assume. <laughs> yeah. Based and, on the uh, cleanliness of the area he was in. but Right. But I mean, it never showed like, how was he surviving? Yeah. What was Just, he eating? Yeah. Well, on a daily basis. And, and again, I, I know with a movie, this goofy ass in tone, it's, it's really <laughs> stupid of us to look at it logically like that because yeah none of this makes any sense it's a fucking cartoon right but they are setting up specific rules this is gonna this happens if this happens this happens if that happens yes so it kind of sets our brains up to look for other patterns too which aren't there and like i said man the effects in this movie are fucking great though and it's the only thing that keeps me hanging on through this is the visuals. The first time we see him with his face all fucked up, oh, he yeah. just looks like a ghoul. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, uh, and and I love that because they're they're practical effects, my favorite. And you you could kind of see it in certain lights. You could tell what was happening, but when you first saw it, it, it was arresting. Yeah, or like the again, it, this is just Sam Raimi to a T. The excellent use of knowing when to use like stop motion mm-hmm. especially with the hands when he grabbed the things at the beginning and you saw turn his hands into like ghoul hands yes and then when he was typing it was a weird stop motion where it's at an odd speed and it doesn't look right mm-hmm. and again this movie is very visually appealing but i fall short every <coughs> time how long did it take you to watch this three days yeah, that sounds about right. It took me about four attempts because mm-hmm. I would fall asleep because I would hit the middle of it. Yeah. And the middle of this movie fucking drags. And if I'm being honest, I don't like the conclusion either. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, you know, if you would have kept contact with, with Francis McDormand or there would have been some, t- you know, like somebody grounding him instead of him just going off because you know he's off the deep end now. I would have been really, really more interested in another movie if I was like, oh, well, maybe he's going to be like a secret, you know, a secret arm of keeping Dark City alive or something. Right. And that's what I, one of my big problems with, and it it sounds weird to say that this movie is a little too grounded because of all the cartoony shit that does happen. Mm -hmm. But setting something like this in the real world and again i know evil dead isn't set in some far off whatever but like man we got to watch bruce campbell get attacked by ghouls yeah but um and grab his own shirt and do a fucking front flip oh yeah <laughs> and like and get attacked by a bunch of hymns yeah it's beautiful it's just insane yeah and this doesn't have any of that it has all the cool effects mm-hmm. with it's all of the style with none of the substance well there's also the evil dead is an inhabited universe there's a, a lot to it it follows consistent laws you know for whatever was in necromonic or that they i can't even say that fucking word yeah but whatever was in there at the beginning of the movie they, they continue those rules and that book comes into play on a regular basis now granted they open new pages or whatever but yeah it's still consistent with its own rules and its own universe. And I don't feel a universe built here. I don't feel like this movie was inhabited before it was made. It was like, oh, we got this. Let's make it. That, yeah, that's pretty much it. But man, that opening scene, I love it. Where they go into the, uh, Durant and his men go into the warehouse. Oh, yeah. And uh, shit, what was the character's name? Big black dude. The, I know. I, it's just razzing the shit out of mm-hmm. them. Like, mm, mm. Every every Sam Raimi impulse in this movie is when I yeah sit down and buckle up because it's gonna get fucking nuts. Oh, it did. But prior to that, oh my god, it it smelled like 1985 on that that just that scene. I was like, oh, this is every action flick ever in 1985. Ooh, thank you. Yeah, were we uh more bullets, please? Yeah, were we wrong to do this for horror vomit? Is this a horror film? Um. I would say Ish. tangentially at best. <laughs> I mean, they're horrific themes. Yes, the horror elements are great. But yeah, this is just sort of an action movie. Yeah. A, a little respite from the spookies. Yeah, but you know, 
there's still some scary parts, like oh, my, like when Durant said, "Oh, that finger will do nicely in my collection," and he opens his box with like fingers yeah. with rings on them. I'm like, oh dear. Yeah, because he cuts people's fingers off with a fucking cigar cutter. Yeah. Oh, it's really cool. Yeah. You thought I thought he was going a whole different direction. I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh, it's his finger. So I mean, I'm trying to wrap my head around like. <coughs> Uh, do I like this movie? Because I have a ton of praise for this film. Again, it's technically, technically, just visually, it is everything that I want in a film. Mm-hmm. It's got a, a, basically a mummy, a giant ghoul that's oh, our yeah. protagonist and is murdering people. Would have been better if he was a vampiric ghoul. Yeah, it's just something. Yeah, he needed blood from his the blood and, from the other person to get the face. And it's got the cartoonish gangster bad guy. Oh yeah. And it's, oh, and, and it's and got 80s the, greed. Yeah, and it's got the big bad that's the building of uh, huh. mogul. Yeah, Gecko. Yeah, who now? Yeah, who at the very end was the mastermind of it all, and mm-hmm. now he's the big bad. <laughs> But none of it leads me anywhere that I really enjoy, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to figure out what would make this movie really click for me. Mm. Chemistry between the two leads. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I want to say that some of that is intentional because <coughs> she doesn't want to marry him initially, and it's it's uh, explained that they're not even living together, and that but they it seems that they've been together for quite some time. But you didn't feel like it when they talked. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't feel any connection between the two of them, whether they were on the outs, you would feel the, you know, the anxiety of the outs. I mean, I've seen a hundred of these, you know, round time, you can feel it when they're emoting, you know, and I just did not feel any of that from them. And I don't know if it, like, obviously there wasn't a whole lot to work with, but you know, if there was more chemistry between the leads, I think, and like you said, if there was an extra, extra ticking clock, so it's not just 99 minutes, he needs 99 minutes and the blood and a hair sample or something. So he's got a you know, he's got to do something else for that, or it wears off if he does one wrong thing. Yeah, because I don't think, I don't think anyway that it was ever super duper explained how he kept, because he keeps making uh, masks right. of all these, I don't think we got into that, but he starts making masks of the gangsters <clears throat> mm-hmm. to uh, interrupt their plans. Oh, that that brings me to my biggest gripe of the entire Freaking movie. The bald guy? No. With the stupid fucking knife in his head tattoo? Oh, th- that was hilarious, but no. That's not my biggest gripe with this movie. Go ahead. Lay it on me. Lay it on me, soul sister. All right. Liam's Neeson's is imitating voices. He heard it once. He's talking. He's doing these things. He's enunciating. He's... Motherfucker's got no lips. <laughs> How the fuck is he talking? Zero lips. He's imitating voices with no lips. That's your gripe. I irritated the lip and it told it took me the fuck out of the movie. I've got other gripes, but that was my main gripe because you just have one thing that hits you so bad. I'm like knuckleheads, you need lips to talk. Fuck you. I really enjoy the fact that that's where you got hung up was just lips. Hey. I noticed what I noticed. All right, what else you got? Oh, well, that was my biggest one. The other one was like, <sighs> well, again, the, the relationship was not believable. There was, um, there was some continuity issues. I couldn't follow, like, how did they, did they get that before? Like, they, did they retrieve the paper before or after? The relationship between, the, the supposed relationship between McDormand and uh, Gordon Gecko. What the fuck? Yeah, that was... They took very small steps yeah. to uh, give us a hint that there was something between them. Yeah. But she seemed pretty indifferent toward him. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, he, her. Yeah, but it was like indifference, almost hostility. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And Darkman is mad because what? <laughs> so... <laughs> Do do you watch a lot of Sam Raimi films? Um, I never. Uh, prior to doing this, I didn't really pay attention to directors. You know, I'd see if I knew it was a Sam Raimi film, I'd go see it. But you know, I didn't really pay attention. So, but I do. do you, I've seen uh, probably five or six of them. Do you do, at all do the same thing that I do in every Sam Raimi movie, which is look for Ted Raimi? 
And every single time, go, oh, there he is, there he is, there's Ted Raimi. Oh, no, but I will start doing that. <laughs> yeah, he's in every single, not every single one, but every time, like in the, uh, I finally just recently watched his, uh, t- uh, Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, he's not gonna, where's Ted? Where's Ted Ra-? And then he comes into the, uh, J. Jonah Jameson's office like, ah, there he is, there's Ted Raimi. <laughs> well, wasn't that Impala or that car from um, Evil Dead? In a lot of his movies afterwards, is a fuck you to Bruce Campbell because that was Bruce Campbell's car. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Bruce Campbell said, "Fuck it, I don't want it." I was I read his uh, biography and he was bitching about that car because he's <laughs> like, "I it, it was a lemon, I couldn't ever get it to work." So I said, "We'll use it for the movie," and it couldn't fix it. He said, "Fuck it," and sold it to Sam Raimi or gave it to him. And Sam Raimi had it up and running in like two days and put it in movies and drove it fucking <laughs> around and shit. So. Oh, by the way, my my memory is suspect, but that is the story as I remember reading it. Right. So uh, now that we kind of explain the uh, that he was making masks and impersonating these gangsters, how is With he no making, lips? Yeah, how is he making such lifelike masks? Like, I get that he could make skin, but he never seemed to really have to like work that hard to make photorealistic. Well, he, 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 well, you saw his computer. Hologram fucking. And he would take a picture of different sides. That's why his entire face wasn't done because he didn't, that was the part that was burnt on the picture. Yeah. So the computer did the work. It would scan the picture and then make the face. All right. That, that was one thing that really kept bothering me. Like, I know this is bonkers and off the walls, but like, how is he making these so well? Okay. A man gets electrocuted, gets his face dipped in acid, dunked hear me dunked entire face in acid exploded out a second story window about 30 feet across the head first Uh we're going to talk about realism fuck you yeah (laughs) man but that helicopter scene was pretty bitching Mm, that was wicked if if they would have just kind of left that as a a thrilling conclusion rather than that high rise uh, Mm. beam stuff that I thought was very, very boring. Yeah. But it was, it was cool when what's his butt did in that other movie when they were up. Yeah. The day of the beast. Yeah. Now that was cool. Cause he didn't really luxuriate in it. They were up there for maybe like five minutes. Right. This seemed like it took forever. It was probably 10 minutes, but it dragged. Yeah. I didn't care for it, but man, they uh they have a helicopter that Robert G. Durant is firing a goddamn grenade launcher at mm. the Dark Man as he's swinging from a long hook hanging from a helicopter. Like one of those, like one of those carnival things, the duck going back and forth. He's like ping, 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 ping. Yeah, it, it dude, it fucking rules. And all the practical effects, you can tell practical effects, and it yes. looks great. And I, I'm wondering how they got permission to do any of this. Because I know Sam Raimi, by 1990, was not nobody. But, <laughs> but he was also not known to file for permits for everything either. Yeah, because they were having explosions in city blocks and shit. That was some Jackie Chan level disregard of stunt people is what I'm saying. Oh, man. <laughs> when I we, should, at- we should really try and... Uh, we should uh, maybe I'll do this later tonight. Do some research where we can do a Jackie Chan movie. Oh. Find some sort of horror tinge Jackie Chan. I, I know there's probably someone yelling at us a, a movie title, but yeah. But I, I love me some Jackie Chan, and I hope he makes yeah, a horror, dude. straight up horror movie, so I can luxuriate in that. Or we can, since it's our show, we can just say "fuck you" and do Super Cop anyway. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have that option. I actually saw Supercop in the theater. That door is not closed to us. <laughs> when it was an actual movie, it was like, hey, we're going to try to sell this in America. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should find a way to work in The Raid, too. Oh, fuck yeah. The Raid and The Raid, too. The Raid also is what I was mm, yes. getting at. I guess that's a really, really ineffective actual martial art, though. Penchecks a lot. I've never seen it used. I I guess if you like really try and bring that to like a fighting tournament, because I guess it's a lot of very, uh, very quick, but not effective strikes. And it's a lot of wrist locks and it's a lot of, um, joint technique too. Yeah. Like it looks great on camera, but I guess if you try and use it in a real fight, somebody's just going to beat the living shit out of you. Well, it's like Krav Maga is amazing. If somebody's coming at you with a knife or a gun. (laughs) <laughs> but the only thing that happens with Krav Maga is you get tough as fuck. But it's not, if you want to talk about effective, in a street fight, box. I've always heard 
do not box in a street fight because you're going to get the shit kicked out of you. Oh, I'm sorry. Bare knuckle box. There's a huge difference. Yeah. I'd say technical boxing. Yeah. You try and pull some Floyd Mayweather shit at the bar, you're going to get knocked the fuck out. At a bar, you try to hit first and slip as much as you can. Uh, If you're a good wrestler, that's effective in a fight, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I fucking hate wrestlers. They suck. Well, most people in a street fight are not expecting you to go for their legs and take their legs out from under them. Now with MMA, I've seen people shoot for the legs a lot. I don't just come across that many fights in the wild. Well, not anymore. Oh, yeah. Now that there's all all these goddamn liberal, (laughs) lefty, pinko, commie laws that say you can't fight anymore. Making our nation safe and shit. What the fuck is wrong with them? Commies. (laughs) Pinkos. Yeah, something. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm done (laughs) with the right-wing rant. Yeah. Wow. I bet you that was really effective, too. Mm. Mm. Oh, my favorite part of the movie, though? The cameo at the end. Oh, yeah. I loved it. It was like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Sam. Yeah. Made this movie worth watching. Should, yeah. we, should we tell? Well, they, hopefully they watched it. Who cares? Fucking Bruce Campbell at the end. Booyah. Yeah. He has no lines. He's nope. there for, what, eight seconds? Of he just turns around and smiles, and you're just like, yeah. I always forget what a fucking handsome man Bruce Campbell is. Yeah, even when he was in Burn Notice. He, he, he aged well. I'm like, oh, dude. That, like, that is a man that clearly has taken care of himself. Mm-hmm. And he's finally <laughs> While grown... I have not. <laughs> he's finally grown into that enormous skull of his. <laughs> he, he now looks like, oh, okay, that head fits his body. Great. Well, well we should just start a frenetics podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's an interesting bump. Come here. <laughs> Where we examine the head sizes of different celebrities. <laughs> Craniology 101. With no previous knowledge of anything. We get to make shit up and make it sound real. Kind of like we do here. Shh. Don't tell our secrets. On a regular... Yeah, because it wasn't super fucking obvious. No. You're right. Shut up. I want to look cool for the cool kids, man. Never worse, does it? Yeah, all those cool kids that hang around with us. Or listen to our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Nor should they. Speaking of fucking kids, man, the second job that I got, Mm -hmm. I had a 17-year-old call me off-putting the other day. (laughs) And while she's not inherently wrong, you shut the fuck up. (laughs) Wow. Called you off-putting. Yeah. I would be, I, you can call me a motherfucker, you can call me anything. And I'd just be, yeah, call me off-putting. Number one, I'd think about it. Number two, I'd be vaguely insulted and not know how to deal with it. Oh, I know. It was days ago and I'm bringing it up still now. <laughs> it really got to me and I don't know why. Oh, but I'm going to use it. I'm very aware that I'm a real piece of shit, but off-putting, mm, you bitch. But it was superb, dude. I know. She really got me right in the, really jabbed my jowls. <laughs> I don't care for it. Burnt my jowls. What? Did you just say burnt my jowls? No, jabbed my jowls. Oh, okay. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Really, really burnt the bottoms of my feet like a POW camp. I was going to say, your jowls are hanging pretty low. Hey, if your jowls hang low and they wobble to and fro, if you can tie them in a knot, but also in a bow. Would you throw them over your shoulder? And then commit suicide because something has gone terribly wrong and my face is hanging off of me. I'll just tie it around my neck and throw it over a tree. So, again, I really didn't care about a lot of the times that he was making masks mm-hmm. of the people in this film. Because the, all right, the bald guy, I forget his name, that I don't was know. doing the pickups. Right, and I've seen him in a bunch of shit, too, and I can't picture which shit I've seen him in, but he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, and this is what I'm talking about when we talk about how the middle of this film really drags, mm-hmm. is that he, Dark Man makes a mask of this guy, goes and is served a sausage with sauerkraut, mm-hmm. and then quietly grabs this briefcase and leaves. Yeah, I didn't get it. It took me, I had to watch a couple of things to see what was going on and try to understand it. Yeah, and then they wake up the the real bald man Mm -hmm. in his room and Darkman has bought plane tickets. Where the fuck did Darkman get plane tickets? Where the fuck did Darkman get money? (laughs) He's got a fucking lab with, with computers that work better than computers should have worked in that era and 
He's got fancy lab equipment. He's got a, the power to that thing. He's got a big factory. Where the fuck is he getting money? How are you going to buy plane tickets with no lips? That's right, <laughs> motherfucker. He couldn't even talk. He'd be like... <laughs> but, yeah, and then I really kind of didn't care when he made the Durant mask either. And correct me if I'm wrong, that was the only two times, really, that he did that. Right, but it seemed to me that... There, like, when I was watching, it was felt like they were setting up a superhero origin story... But he was only going against the Durant mob. Oh, that would have made this movie better if he would have used the face to also do a couple, you know, solve a couple other crimes, and then he's a known thing, and then he could be in touch with what's her butt. That would be a good movie. It'd be like more of a superhero-y kind of movie, yeah. and it would tie everything together. And I, again, I super didn't need any time that we just saw regular old fucking Liam Neeson on screen. Mm -hmm. Like, make him fucking dark man. Yeah. The, the fake skin element, I didn't need whatsoever. Like, I get that he's transforming into these other people, and that that sort of does tie in with the overall theme of the film, which, insane as it is, there is a theme to this film. Mm-hmm. But it just seemed like a kind of a waste of time to me, to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. And it's a major element of the story. And when I don't like a major element of the story, I kind of don't give a shit about the rest of it. Absolutely. You know, we're going to attempt Darkman 2. Oh, we're doing all the Darkmans, baby. But what if the second one is a steaming hunk of untalkaboutable shit? Then... We're going to do three and muscle through? Um, we do much like we did here and go on long rants about nothing. Lips. About Penchex a lot. Yeah, let's just, <laughs> let's just do martial arts again. Who gives a shit? I will talk about martial arts for years. So, it, here's the thing, though. This movie does have an underlying message. What's that? It's the uh, warning against revenge. It's kind of the, if you're seeking revenge, dig two graves. Because at the end, he s tells her that, uh, uh, Francis McDormand, that, yes, I I did all these things so that I could get closer to you mm -hmm. and so that I could uh, be the man that I was, but I'm no longer the man that I was. This revenge has changed me. Mm. This quest for and uh, delivering of violence has changed me as a person to where I we can't be together because I'm not the same man that you loved. Okay. And again, not that that's like really a strong theme because they just say it. I didn't have to but, pull at any strings for I, that. You know, because I, I had pulled a different theme from this movie. I say, they say it at the end. I, I, I was effectively quoting the movie. I understand, but in my head, it was, it was like a... A tilt against uh, corporate greed in the 90s. Well, yeah, that that's an element of it, but I mean... But that's all I saw, because, you know, I'm about that smart. Yeah, but that's, again, one of the things that I didn't need was I didn't need the real estate developer to be the big bad who apparently had... Uh, we didn't know it until the very last scene, but mm -hmm. had experience walking on beams. Yeah, amazingly. Yeah. Like a gymnast. And uh, how did Darkman get away to descend on him from the skies in that final scene? No idea, but it looked cool as fuck. Because Darkman has no powers. He just doesn't feel pain. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, he gets adrenaline surges too because he can't control. Okay, but he has no powers. Gotcha. He escapes a lot of situations. Yeah, how the fuck is he still Pretty alive? Pretty swiftly. I mean, just because you don't feel pain, motherfucker had... An inch big hole pounded into his hand from a gun with a with a spike. Yeah, it's like a he, rivet gun. And he pulled his hand completely through the big the big blunt end of the rivet. Okay. All your bones are gone. What is he doing? He's not he doesn't have super you know, super healing powers. He that hand is effectively done forever. No, he's going to have to cut that off in three days because it will be gangrenous. It will have because, all of the gangrene. Because Darkman is not going to tend to that wound. And he lives in a very cleanly situation. And that's another thing is it's established, I guess, that he can be killed. Mm-hmm. And not very he's just killed like a person. Right. So, so like yeah, it's there's 
there's not enough of him having a superpower, mm-hmm. but there's not enough of putting him in actual danger yeah. to where we think that something might happen to him. And he doesn't, like, sacrifice himself for Francis McDormand at the end. Mm-hmm. He just kind of shuffles off Yep. to go do more Dark Man shit. Mm-hmm. Slink, 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 slink. Man. Skulk. I don't like this movie. The more like the more I keep trying to draw something out of it that like, oh well, yes, it's very visually engaging. Mm-hmm. Everything else in it, for me anyway, falls real fucking flat. Yeah, it does. But I will say, like you said, there were some cool things about it, and if it was done differently, it could have been a really good movie. Um, would I watch it again? Probably not. No. But I remembered it better in my head. For some reason, it took up some space in my head. I was like, oh, I'm really excited to see Darkman. Because for some reason, I remembered this movie fondly. It hit me some spot, but I can't see what it hit. I cannot figure out why I liked it before. Um, and not now. I would like to take a stab at it. And tell me if I'm right or wrong about no, this. I'd love to hear it. In 1990, because you, you saw this around when it came out, correct? Yeah, I saw it at the theater. Okay. In 1990, we didn't have the rash of superhero films that we have. Yeah, but I haven't seen any of them. But, uh, hold on. What I'm saying is is that we didn't have superhero-y stuff. So when there was a superhero film, it was sort of big. Like Blade. And, I mean, around this, right before this, 89 Batman came out. And with that being a success... This alternate superhero story was something that we hadn't really seen so before in 1990. So when it. you're not seeing an Iron Man or a Thor, or even if you haven't seen those movies, you know their existence. The su- yeah, the I'm sure you've yeah. seen the clips yeah. and everything else yeah. where it's this fantastical world. I'm going to take a stab at it and say that in 1990, much like when we talked about Jacob's Ladder, right. shit like this hadn't been done. So it was much more interesting to the time. Right. Now when we look back retrospectively, with all the other things that we've experienced in that 20... Or 32 years? Yeah. Fuck. Shut up. Fuck. Yeah. But it, everything else that we've experienced in cinema in those 32 years has gotten us to a place where this may seem a little bit more mundane and boring. And that's the nail on the head, because think about it. What was I talking about? What would make this movie better? If it entrenched his abilities and able to fight crime or to be able to do that. So if they played up the superhero aspect of it, and yes, he doesn't have powers. Batman didn't have powers. Batman had money. Well, this guy has a certain edge over most people, so that gives him better over the criminals. He has a super lab where he can make fake skin for a little bit. That's right, for... An hour and a half at a time. And that's not interesting to me. Right. But they could have done interesting things with it. More interesting things than they did. Right. But And they, they could have upped the menace, like, for real, with little steps instead of going straight to, oh, well, we're not going to kill you now. You know, they, they could have upped the menace by just little, little threats, little things. Just If they would have just maybe salted a little more, that would have been better. But, yeah, it makes sense because now my brain wanted it to be a... A superhero film and it almost was but it wasn't quite and yeah it hit me on that loop you're right and it again it sounds weird to say but like it could have been a lot more bonkers oh like, yeah visually it's nuts but in the actual like happenings of the film like it sounds weird to say that they could have gotten weirder when you have a fucked up superhero that's making his own fake skin mm-hmm. but he's making it to do like weird stealth missions yeah and it it really draws me out of the story and again yeah they swing him from a helicopter but the resolution to that is he just lands kind of on a truck and hooks it to a truck and drags a helicopter into mm-hmm. an overpass yeah which is bitching yeah it looks cool cool as fuck. but it's still that it looks cool because it's done practically. Mm-hmm. It's not this big, I don't want to say like event like it would be now mm-hmm. in the year of our Lord 2022. But it, it, if we, if you were making a dark man now, it would look a bit more spectacular mm-hmm. than it, it just was kind of a modest helicopter. Well, maybe explosion. it's because it was a bigger studio thing for Raimi that he had to tamp down a lot of his bat shit. That he had to really rein it in. Ah, uh-huh, yes. Because somebody was telling him, no, yeah. we're not doing that. We gotta sell this movie. We gotta sell this movie in Peoria. What the fuck are you doing? 
Right, but I mean, two years later, he was allowed to do Evil Dead. Well, it's because he made them some money, so he had a little cachet to uh, say. Well, not Evil Dead, uh, Army of Darkness. Right, but he, he now had some cachet, he had some swing, he was making money for whoever he was making money for, so he, he got to say a few things about that movie. But then after Army of Darkness was quick, the Quick and the Dead... I know, I, I, I hate to admit Very that. strange Raimi turn, but excellent Fucking film. Fucking love that movie. I love it. <laughs> anytime it comes on, when, when I had the cable, anytime it came on, I was, for at least an hour and a half, I was done. I'm watching that movie. Is it, isn't that Gene Hackman? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, for some reason, I confuse that. And in Russell Crowe. I confuse that in Unforgiven. Uh-huh. Even though I've seen Unforgiven like five times recently. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like that movie a lot, mm-hmm. but for some reason I always confuse those two. Like, wait a minute, was this person in this? Or this? But yeah, Gene Hackman's the shit, Hell's surly shit. old bastard that he is. And and you do, I I, I have I I totally bought him as that guy. I'm like, oh, yeah. I bet she's a real douche in real life too, because that's too good. Man, now I want to go back and because I refuse to look it up. I just want to see if Ted Raimi's in Quick of the Dead, the Quick and the Dead. If he's not, I'd be surprised now. Yeah, but. I think we did it. I think we solved Darkman. Just Boom. make it fucking weirder. Yeah. Because it it is a 1990 film. In that era, we were just getting out of some of the most bananas-ass movies that you could ever hope to see. Mm-hmm. The old cocaine 80s yep. really ramped it up. And like I said, if this made a little more or a little less sense... Right. I think it would have been perfect. But you gotta you gotta understand this is right around the time when movies were taking left turns. It just started happening. All the indie movement right around that time. So he uh, Sam Raimi went in the little studio. If he would have gone maybe a little veered a little more, he'd had a little more control over it. It would have been a better movie. Yeah, because he said either make it a little more serious or just go bug fuck nuts and make none of it make any sense. Hell yeah. Because if you go crazy like that and you make it make less sense, mm-hmm. you got me. You oh, got yeah. me hook, line, and sinker. Well, why did that happen? Who, I, who gives a shit? <laughs> let's, just, let's go. Hell yeah. It's pretty and shit blew up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Army of Darkness. Oh, you've got this giant... Uh, I was going to say giant pit, but let's rewind it. Bruce Campbell and a car fall from the sky in medieval times, and they've got a giant pit with a monster in it that Uh, shoots a fire hydrant of blood out of it. Ah, Good times, good times. This movie doesn't have anything like that where you go, Jesus fucking Christ! Oh, yeah. At least to that extreme, anyway. It feels Mm -hmm. very restrained, and it just... It needs to have a consistent, more consistent tone. Because even the skin bubbling was light for Raimi. Yeah. It's like, oh, you could have done more. That could have freaked me out a little bit worse. And I think the, the only time that I really, like, really noticed it was when they were at the fair. And it was regular Liam Neeson's face. Mm-hmm. Like, when he does it, when he's Durant, like, he's just kind of, like, feeling at his face and it starts to smoke. Yeah. And, and then he gets the fuck out of there. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Yeah, any any final thoughts on Darkman? Eh, I'm glad I watched it again. <laughs> eh. I'm glad I watched it again. I won't watch it again. Yeah, I was really excited to do this because yeah. I know, I think we talked about it on air briefly not too long ago where I said, yeah, I don't like that movie because I treat this movie like I treat beats mm-hmm. where every once in a while I'll try a beat and go, mm, nope, still don't like these. Mm-hmm. But I, I try it just to... Just to push myself, and now that I've actually sat down and really critically kind of watched it, I don't need to do this again. Well, I'm the same way with bologna and onion sandwiches, but once every 10 years, I'm like, ooh, sounds good. Take one bite and go, oh, what's wrong with me? Cold or fried bologna? Fried bologna. Hell yeah, dude. Mustard. Big old... All right, let me ask you a very serious question, Indeed. though. How do you feel about spam? Don't like it. Don't like spam? I've tried. Look, we had to serve it three or four times a week in the Navy. And I've tried preparing it every way. We had uh, a guy from Samoa. He's like, I know how to cook Spam. You'll eat it. I had a Hawaiian guy try to make me some Spam whatever. I've had Spam tacos, Spam burritos. I've had, you name it, I've had it made a Spam. I cannot okay. stand it. You started with tacos and burritos. Yeah. That seems like the two worst uses of Spam that I've ever heard of. They tried their ass off. But then I tried that, like, the, the Hawaiian versions and with the sweet and this, I, I just can't do it. I don't like the texture. I don't like the flavor. Some, you throw it in a uh, frying pan with a little bit of butter, some sauteed onions, and like barbecue sauce, and put it on a melt. 
with like a almost like a patty melt with Swiss and American cheese. With all of those items, I could go to the cat box right now and saute the things I found and make nut covered goodies that would taste the same because everything covers the flavor. It's just no, but you use big old thick pieces of spam so you get that real spammy flavor in there. Ew. Man, I love it. But I'm also super duper white trash. Yeah. Like, I I just today, one of my favorite things on earth, and mm-hmm. it's probably going to make a lot of people want to puke, but fish sticks. Not only do I love fish sticks, but dip that shit in ketchup. Oh, a cocktail sauce. Nope, just straight up ketchup. Oh, I love them. I drench them fuckers in ketchup. Yeah. yeah. It, man, and I really enjoy... I don't like macaroni and cheese, but if I have to eat macaroni and cheese, I prefer Kraft macaroni and cheese with, with the powder do- cheese. With a dollop of sour cream? No. And a little chunk of Velveeta, baby. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. But I just dump straight up ketchup in that Kraft mac and cheese. Okay, now, <clears throat> I, I was along with you. I was along with you till right about now, but I'm only half white. <laughs> so White trash as fuck. Now you know I, what else I really like hmm. that makes everybody mad? Hmm. I love to dip my steak in ketchup, boy. Love that shit. I like well. No, I will say if you if I end up getting a well done steak, I love it in ketchup. But anything because of the texture, it's almost like pot roast, and I love ketchup on my pot roast. So I can I can my brain can get me there. But if it's anything, it's like medium to medium rare. I no, I can't put ketchup on it because the texture fucks with me. Mm, love it, and I would like to. Uh, extend this to anyone who just said out loud about steak on ketchup. Remember that when you eat it on your hamburgers next mm-hmm. time, fuck stick. Cause it's still just beef. Eat a bowl and put some ketchup on it. Motherfuckers. Yeah. Cock bags. <laughs> All right. I think we've yelled at our audience enough about this movie that neither of us really liked <laughs> this, this classic film that we have both turned on. Mm-hmm. Cause I know you were real excited. about. I was, this one. I was like, good, we can do a movie I can sit through. Yay. I know, and I chose, because uh, all three of these just got put on Shudder, which I think we already kind of let the cat out of the bag. We're doing all three Darkmans. We love us some Shudder. So, uh, yeah, I I chose this specifically because I was like, man, I pick movies that I know that I like all the time. Mm -hmm. I'll do one that I know James likes, and I know that I don't because I'll try and be fair about this. And it turns out we both just kind of went... Well, we've had a couple that I, I when I when I heard about them, I was excited. It was this one and Jacob's Ladder. Yep. Yep. Both kind of stinkers. Yeah. Sometimes our memories are better listen, than the actual reality. Listen, listen. We we used to drink. A okay. Lot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because I remember both of us being like, "Oh man, I remember Odd Thomas being good," mm-hmm. and then watching it sober and just. Just being let down in humanity. (laughs) Just saying, like, man, if nuclear war befalls us, we kind of had it coming for letting Odd Thomas get made. Yeah. I don't feel that strongly about Darkman. I'm just more indifferent toward it. Well, like meth. Yeah. Eh. Like meth. Yes. Exactly. Absolutely like meth. I'm just indifferent toward it. Mm -hmm. I'll do it. I guess if you brought it. (laughs) Can you get can you can you get my meth pipe? It's for special occasions. It's with the China. Like how how accurate that is because I'm at a point in my life where like yeah, if somebody brought meth like regular people like bring wine to a dinner party, if you brought meth to my house, I might do it. But I wouldn't really want to. I'd feel more obligated than anything. Well, you brought it. Fine, I'll smoke your shitty meth. But only one. I only want one. Three days later, you're uh, cleaning the grout in your bathroom with a toothbrush. Just that thing that lives behind sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when daddy does meth. <laughs> Ooh. I uh, remember that creature that sits in the corner. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember <coughs> the sweaty robots chewing the straws all the time in the 80s. Just, what's the matter? Nothing. Just like I can always tell when somebody who's never smoked crack makes a joke about, like, when they're all hyped up about something. Like, oh, it's like I've been smoking crack. Like, ah, clearly you've never smoked crack because when I smoke crack, I ain't getting out of this chair. Nope. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to smoke this crack. Mm-hmm. And then we figure out how to get some more. Man, this is really devolved. 
What are we doing? I got to return some cans. Why? Crack. Leave me alone. I thought you were just saying that to get us out of the end of this episode. Oh, you thought I was narrating myself again? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, no. <laughs> Apparently, James got to return some cans for some crack. So, uh, on that do note, we, do we have anything to plug? Uh, send cans for crack. <laughs> yes. Send cans to my home. <laughs> or you could just send us money for crack. Yeah, take, take one of the steps out of it for us. <laughs> don't, don't give me a fucking chore just give me the goddamn dope money because you can tell we're not very motivated okay we're not plugging <laughs> crack um you can find us around uh we do saturday night movies that's about mm. all we got going on right now besides and all the other podcasts that we do and we're on the spotify and the apples yeah and and a lot of other stuff too yeah yep uh, aging calendar, send us no, money. No, don't. Just come get one from yeah. me. I'll just give it to you. Send money. I'll give it to your heart. You can send us money. I'm not saying don't. He's trying to not have get, you send us money. Get a hold of either one of us. We will figure out how you can give us money. <laughs> we will figure the hell out of that. You're fucking right we will. <laughs> then we'll enjoy our crack. On that, fuck you, Morris. Fuck you, Morris. Bye-bye. Bye. Fuck you. That guy fell off the face of the fuck. Shit, I hit the wrong button.